Good morning from the Financial Times. Today is Monday, November 23rd. This is your FT News Briefing. As the holidays approach, European countries are trying to learn from their mistakes when it comes to easing coronavirus lockdowns. G20 leaders want to make COVID-19 vaccines as cheap and accessible as possible, and China is keeping a close eye on financial activity after a string of bond defaults by state-owned companies. Plus, how are investors handling their assets in the middle of all these Brexit talks? We'll explain how it's been a bit of a wait-and-see game. I'm Mark Filipino, and here's the news you need to start your day. COVID-19 lockdowns across Europe are producing results. Financial Times has been looking at data, and it shows new infections have slowed in most European countries since lockdowns went into place at the end of October. And European policymakers don't want to undo the progress they've made. They saw how bad that went when they did a full-scale relaxation of lockdowns over the summer. But leaders also know that the holidays are right around the corner, and not only do people want to celebrate with their families, but businesses also want to reopen for customers. So European nations are trying to come up with a compromise ease lockdowns without ending them entirely. Lockdowns in the UK, France, and Ireland expire in early December. These countries have signaled they'll let up on the lockdowns gradually this time around. France, for instance, has a three-stage easing plan. President Emmanuel Macron is expected to address the nation on Tuesday. UK Prime Minister Boris Johnson is expected to lay out his plan today. And Italy might let shops open 10 days before Christmas while limiting the size of family gatherings. European countries have adopted different strategies at different times and have been affected by the virus in different ways. The big question is really around that. We don't know whether those different strategies will affect the spread of the virus as people travel during the holidays. While the world settles for lockdowns and other preventative measures against the virus, G20 leaders are looking ahead to when a vaccine is available. After a virtual G20 summit hosted by Saudi Arabia this weekend, leaders spoke about vaccine distribution. They said they fully supported collaborative efforts to purchase and distribute coronavirus vaccines. The main goals are to make vaccines cheap and accessible, but G20 leaders didn't make specific commitments when it comes to early doses. So far, the world's most powerful economies have bought up almost all of the available doses of the two most promising COVID-19 vaccines. Moderna and the Pfizer-BioNTech partnership both have shots with a success rate of more than 94%. One key question about getting vaccines out there is how the U.S. will play a role in the process. So far, the U.S. hasn't joined COVAX, which is the World Health Organization's flagship vaccine distribution plan. And China is making a promise to crack down on financial misconduct. Vice Premier Liu He spoke at a meeting for the committee that oversees China's financial sector over the weekend, and he said authorities will have zero tolerance for illegal behavior. It comes after several state-owned companies had high-profile bond defaults. They've been a big hit to China's debt market, and more could be on the way. Yongcheng Coal and Electricity Holding Group, for example, could default on $4 billion worth of bonds this week. All the missed payments have shattered a widely held belief among Chinese bond investors that state-backed companies enjoyed an implicit guarantee from local government, regardless of their financial health. And now, many state-owned companies have suspended bond issuance, and many more defaults could follow. And now, a look at Brexit. 
people have voted to leave. The Article 50 process is now of the EU without a deal to suspend Parliament. We're going to get Brexit done. For a lot of the business community, Britain's departure from the EU is a headache. And investors have also pulled back from Britain as they wait for the outcome of trade talks at the end of the year. David Bond talks to the FT's international business editor, Peggy Hollinger, about the investor view of Brexit with input from Marcus Papa, a portfolio manager at DWS in London. So, Peggy, when you spoke to Marcus Popper, he said that he was generally pessimistic that Brexit would have any positive impact for UK-based or UK-listed companies. Here's what he said. With or without a deal for the time being, I cannot see an environment where companies, at least mid to short term, will really benefit from the Brexit. Peggy, listening to that, what do you think the main reasons are for the view he gave? Well, that a lot depends on what happens next. There's still a lot of uncertainty. And until the situation stabilizes, until we see any trade deals, and until we know the real cost to companies, it's very hard to see an upside. There's also likely to be quite a lot of currency volatility at the start, either way. Well, let's now hear another clip from the interview. Uh, You asked Marcus Popper about the outlook in the worst of all scenarios, a no deal. And he did indicate that there might be a possible upside for some companies. Brexit has not been on top of many investors' minds recently because of the corona situation and before that, the trade issues between the US and China. So there's a good likelihood in a negative surprise scenario that the market overreacts. And then you can obviously do bargain hunting because, in fairness, there are many companies in the UK, especially smaller, medium-sized companies that are market leaders in their respective field. So that I would really take a close look at companies that have delivered outsized returns in the past, independent of the UK economy. So you probably would be, again, stuck to more global operating companies where there are quite a view in the, in the, in the UK you can look at. So are there any sectors that you think will be better or worse off in either a deal scenario or a no deal scenario? Yeah, I guess the worst sector is probably automotive. The UK is the second largest EU car market in terms of registrations. And the UK produces one and a half million units. So it's the fifth largest production country in terms of car production. So what will happen to to tariffs on cars, what happens to quotas will be quite an issue. It's been surprisingly calm on that front when I've spoken to companies, also car manufacturing companies. At the very beginning, they were quite upset about it. But since it's been going so long, it felt like many have taken the view, well, let's see what happens. We cannot control it anyhow, so we wait and see. But there will clearly be a net negative for the UK car industry. Obviously, anything domestically oriented should suffer as well because of the negative economic effects of a hard Brexit. I guess the sector that would be less affected is probably aerospace because the aerospace sector is governed by WTO roles. So there are no tariffs applied to aerospace products. And I think here Corona is the bigger issue than the Brexit. So what about if we do reach a deal with the EU? I don't think you can make the case that with a deal, everything is perfect. It generally would be a sign of relief that there's no high tariffs applied to goods produced in the UK. And that's certainly a positive for the whole economy. But in the end, net net, there will be some costs associated with it anyhow. So, okay, it's less bad, but less bad doesn't mean as an investor, it makes it much more attractive to put more money into the UK market as a whole. So Peggy, to sum up, what was the main thing you took away from your interview with Marcus Popper? Essentially, that as an asset manager, the view is that Brexit is bad for both UK and European companies. And the less exposure that a company has to the UK-EU relationship, the better. Peggy Hollinger is our international business editor. Thanks, Peggy. Thank you, David. 
You can read more on all of these stories at FT.com. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back tomorrow for the latest business news. Hi, this is Janice Torres from Yo Quiero Dinero. If you own or operate a business, whether it's a local operation or a global corporation, partnering with Bank of America could be your smartest move. By teaming with Bank of America, you'll enjoy exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Position your business to capitalize on opportunity in a moment's notice. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Copyright 2024. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.